Hello, and welcome to Rise of the Data Cloud. Today's episode features an interview with Loic Giraud, head of digital delivery at Novartis. He has spent the last nine years revolutionizing how Novartis deals with data. On this episode, Loic talks about technology transformations, the importance of listening, COVID's impact on the healthcare system, and much more. So please enjoy this interview between Loic Giraud, head of digital delivery at Novartis, and your host, Steve Hamm. So, Loic, it's great to talk to you this morning. Thank you, Steve. My pleasure. Now, Novartis is one of the giants of the global pharmaceuticals industry. If you'd please describe key dimensions of the business, I think that'd be helpful to our listeners. If you look at Novartis, the mission of Novartis is to reimagine medicine and to extend people's life. So in 2020, we have treated around 1 billion patients. And our organization is focused on three different industry sectors that we call innovative medicine, oncology, and generics. We also provide novel treatments, including radio and gen therapy. Yeah, if you just drill down a little bit on what's the innovative medicine, what, what, what categories is that? Yes, yeah, so innovative medicines is drug substance and prescriptive drugs that we can give to patients to address areas such as cardiovascular disease, eye diseases, and, and psoriasis, heart failure, and many other areas in the, in the 70,000 treatment that I have not uh, cured for to date. Yeah, yeah. There's still a lot of work to be done, isn't there? All right. Well, that's a good explanation. And you said generics. That's Is that a big part of your business or is that a lesser important part? I think the generics is, is probably a, um, 15% of our business today. Right? And obviously, you know, uh, the largest part of our business is our innovative medicine sector. Yeah. And as I understand it, you don't do vaccines. We actually sold off our vaccines unit to GSK. I think it was three years ago. Yeah. Now, the industry, and indeed healthcare in general, is in the midst of a massive changes due to a host of causes, including the COVID crisis and many other things, personalized medicine, lots of shifts. If you could talk about how the big stresses and new opportunities are affecting Novartis and how it's responding. The COVID situation is affecting everybody in this world. So we have more than 7 billion people. And the restriction that COVID has brought through in terms of mobility, the increased number of disease as well as the number of deaths has affected the world population and the economy. If you think about a company like ours, and then you can... Of course, we are in this sector to help people's life. And as I mentioned before, we don't produce vaccine. However, I think we've, we've provided our support to be able to fight this pandemic. First of all, we have provided access to medicine in pre-treatment or in post-treatment of COVID. We have provided access to resources, be it data and science. So whoever is researching solutions for the vaccine or treatments are able to accelerate these discoveries. And, and most recently, we've agreed with several other companies to um, make use of our facilities to supply vaccines. And I think this is to help to fight COVID and to try to bring back normal life to people. On the other side, I think as part of the COVID, our company is facing many challenges. The first one is for our patients. 
there's a restricted access to medicine today because the patients don't visit the healthcare professionals. The um, hospitals are delaying surgeries. It's difficult to enroll patients into trials. And when you actually have all of these restrictions, we've actually realized that we need to find different ways to be able to treat and support the, the patients that uh, need care. At the same time, uh, we have 120,000 employees in the company. And since more than a year, 90% of our workforce is working from home. Mm-hmm. And we also had to adapt. We had to adapt and we are using a lot of digital technology and new ways of working. We have introduced what we call the choice of responsibility, where people can work from anywhere at any point of time. Right. Now, you, I wanted just to drill down on one thing that you said there. You talked about how the COVID has put a lot of pressure on the healthcare system because it's got to do two things at once, deal with COVID and also deal with all the other diseases and problems and health problems that people have. What kind of adaption, adaptation are you, are you working on in that area? I thought you said you were, there were some changes that had to be made. So, Steve, I think if you think about the... In the past, when you used to run a clinical trial, you used to actually ask your patient to go to the hospital to be treated. And But now I think the simple example, we will send the treatment to the patient. I think you have seen in the last uh, one year the, the increase of telemedicine. You also see that the engagement that we had with our HCP, we used to visit the HCP, but now we cannot visit the HCP. So the way we pro- promote the, the use and the treatment of our, for our product has changed. The, the way we've engaged with the regulation has also changed. The way we manufacture our drugs is changing. The way we talked with our employees uh, in this pandemic has also changed. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's really amazing when you think about it because your industry and healthcare were already undergoing a, a massive transformation. Then there's a crisis. And then there are added opportunities to actually accelerate change. So it's really an amazing dynamic time in the industry. And I imagine that the data and technology are playing a big role in how you respond. This episode is brought to you by Snowflake. Join 50,000 of your peers at Snowflake's annual global user conference, Snowflake Summit, this June 8th through 10th. Hear from Snowflake customers, industry thought leaders, and more about how they bring data together now with the data cloud. Learn more and register at snowflake.com slash summit. So recently you got a new CIO, Elizabeth Theophile. She has announced a major transformation initiative and has given you a new role. Please explain the initiative. So, yeah, so I guess, I mean, Liz has been appointed our CIO back in October and in the recent announcement we made early March, we've decided to change the way we operate in information technology. And there's a few reasons for that. So first and foremost, the industry is changing and it's changing very rapidly. And the technology is pervasive and it is quite essential in the day-to-day business operation today. As more and more employees that are tech-savvy, and more employees that wants to work with technology to achieve their goals. And when we look at the way we were organized, uh, 
there was too often a segregation between expectation from our business and the times to execute and deliver solutions. So our transformation aims to bring more focus, more speed, and added value for our employees, our patients, and healthcare providers. So when we look at focus, we really want to ensure we are working on business needs, not necessarily what business wants, but we also want to allocate resources on what matters most, what matters most for the employees, the shareholders, and our patients. We also want to reorganize ourselves against what's the core competence that we want to have within the technology transformation. When our CEO, Vas, was appointed in 2018, he established a new strategy. And the strategy uh, includes a particular section on how do we go big on data and digital. We want at Novartis to reimagine medicine for the use of digital technology. And we want to get data and data science to be the center of this transformation. But also, when you look at speed, we want to make sure we are nimble and humble. We want to make sure we move into a product-based model organization. And by doing so, we aim to get 40% productivity. But we also want to make sure that this productivity is invested to deliver value to the customers. So in my new role that I am expecting to provide digital product and solution across the organization, I want to actually help this organization to digitalize every single processes that we have, but also to try to bring disruptive innovation that is powered by data and data science. Is there an example of an area within the business where you're doing this digital transformation that you can kind of drill down into and explain what you're doing and, and why the transformation, why the technology is so important in that area? If you think about I'll maybe take three examples to help you out. Oh, okay? Okay. So if you look at the value chain of an organization like ours, you start and you research. So you research drugs, then you go into a development of your drug, then you manufacture that drug, and then you're giving access to that drug through sales to a patient. Now, if I take the example of a drug research, with the explosion of data internally and externally, and the use of digital technology such as artificial intelligence and data science, but also cloud, you're now able to utilize a much, a much larger amount of data set to be able to process information and um, discover target population, patent, and connect different insights that you could never ever have done before. And when you think about the time it takes to bring a drug to market, it's about 12 years today. From the time you start your research, the time you get the, the first time a drug access to a patient, it is 12 years. And by the use of data, we do believe that we can reduce that time from 12 years to nine years. But we also believe that help us to get much more access to patients at a more affordable cost. So that's one example. If then I take another example on, if you look at the, our industry, the patients want to want their data and the patients, they want to have personalized access to medicine. So we actually working to provide drug and services to support the drug, such as software as medical device. And you're actually providing a treatment to your patient and a solution 
and this digital solution helps the patient to receive a better treatment. So let me make sure I'm understanding. So the healthcare provider gets this software tool that helps them either diagnose or, or figure out what the right treatment is for the for a particular uh, patient, correct? Exactly. They can be in the diagnose phase, but they can be in the treatment phase. If you think about I believe there's more than 60% of our patients that don't complete their treatment. Oh, so you could also use software as a reminder to the patient of, oh, it's time to take this medicine and things like that. Because a lot of people use those little plastic containers and, and even with that, you can lose track of, of where you are, things like that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Hey, in, the, in that previous answer, you mentioned the cloud as being an important part of the digital transformation. Could you drill into that a little bit more? What is the role of, of the data cloud in particular and the new initiative? You know, I've been working in this area for 20 years. And for the first 10 years of my career, a lot of data was created when it was difficult to consume because there was no system that was able to process the volume of data that was created and to be able to retrieve the information in a due time. In the last five years, every other year, the data double. And the, every other year, you will find an incredibly source of data. And in an organization like ours, 90% of the data we have is unused. And if you are able to ingest, curate, and link your data, you have an incredible source of know-how. So when I look at the cloud, is an accelerator for knowledge interpretation and insight generation. And we would never be able to get access to this data in a timely manner with any of the previous technology. When we started our cloud journey three years ago, we didn't think we would be able to have the outcome that we are getting today. We didn't think the volume of data will be so important. We, we didn't think the technology will be mature so fast. We didn't think we could consume what we have. But the investment that has been made, technology companies, the system integrator, the end user company in this area, and the progress help us to be able to accelerate the digital transformation. That is really interesting. You know, it's funny, just yesterday I was involved with a group that was discussing a new phenomenon or new thought called warm data. And the way there it's explained is if you just hold out your hand and look at your hand, all the all your fingers and all the parts of your hand are that's where we have the data that we know about that's familiar that we can easily access. But they said it's the gaps between the fingers that's really often about other softer stuff. It might be human relationships, it might be psychology, it might be just complexity within a system. And that's the stuff that we don't know so well. And it struck me that that is really a great example of why cloud data is so important, the data cloud is so important, because all of those other elements can be there. They can be present in the context because of the cloud. Whereas in the old days you had, oh, this pipeline and that pipeline and the other pipeline. But now you can just really get a much bigger picture. And I imagine that's what you're experiencing now at Novartis, correct? Exactly, Steve. If you think about the, at every point of interaction in our, in our processes, you either create, collaborate or consume data. The data is your own or the data is one of somebody else. It's public or private. But I think the connection of this data point, it is what makes your knowledge rich 
And that is actually where your competitive advantage. So be it in the palm of your hand or in the joints of your fingers or in your skin, this is all data points. Right, yeah. So even though you're a young man, you've had you know, quite a bit of experience in business and in IT. And I just, I'd like to understand from all that experience, what leadership and management lessons have you picked up along the way that are really, that you're applying now at Novartis? It's interesting you say that. The first thing I will say, Steve, is, is I consider myself a newbie. And when I say that a newbie is, I have a desire to unlearn and relearn continuously. I don't want to settle. And I've actually observed that whenever you settle, you become an old veteran. So I think one of the things which I've learned in the career is what gets you somewhere will not get you to the next place. So this is actually a mindset thinking of, okay, you get somewhere, I'll learn what you've learned and relearn something. The second thing I will say is that with facts, a lot of people work with instinct and emotions. But being a data guy, I really want to work with facts. So I'm very curious and I'm trying to learn my facts and I drive the directions and decisions based on the facts. The, the third thing I will say is that probably the biggest skills that people can have is listening skills. If you really listen, and, and when I say listen, you really listen to what the person is telling you, you learn so much. And if you can connect what you learn, you have a huge source of insight. And if you associate that with empathy and emotional intelligence, you can truly become a new leader. Yeah, that's interesting. I think that's the, the, the importance of listening and listening deeply to understand. You know, when I think about so many experiences I've had in my professional life and meetings, it's almost like people listen just to see when the moment is that somebody's going to end a sentence, that they can come in and say something else. And I think that's kind of a product of kind of a competitive, internal competitiveness that really isn't very constructive. But I think the, the kind of listening you're talking about is really constructive and really can help us make important, significant advances, not just incremental, but the bigger ones. It's, it's, now, we've Steve, talked about... Go ahead. If I may uh, complement yeah. that, because I'm a, do, I'm a true believer that uh, when people open up and you really listen, you don't have to answer. You just have to say thank you. Mm. Thank you. Um, Let's get back into some of the details about the data cloud. I know that Novartis is a Snowflake customer. When and why did the company start using Snowflake's technology? So if you take a few minutes back, what we've just discussed, at every point of interaction within the enterprise processes, we create or consume data. Most of this data, not connected, not curated, and not accessible. To make them accessible and connected in a timely manner, we actually embark into a digital transformation that is powered by big data technology. So when we started to move our data pipeline um, into the cloud, we actually realized that uh, the data is very complex and it comes with, the big data environment comes with a lot of heterogeneous technology. So we are trying to find a solution which helps us to simplify the, the migration to the cloud and also to be able to process and integrate a large volume of data set at speed. And that's when we actually look at a solution like Snowflake. I call Snowflake as a, a data warehouse on the cloud. So we've, I think our first interaction with Snowflake was probably in the late uh, 2019, but we, start, we started to use actively Snowflake in 2020. 
So that was right about when COVID came. It was right at the time when COVID came. And, and did it make a difference in how you were able to respond to COVID? Um, I don't think it really helped COVID as such, but I think it. Yeah, what it did is it helped us to accelerate our digital transformation. On I think, as I said, transfer from of workload from on-prem to the cloud, uh, but also to try to to actually bring um, speed in access to information to be able to work across multi, multiple cloud, but also to bring cost efficiency. When COVID came, we had to be extra careful on where we invest. And I think Snowflake helped us to, to get better outcome for the money we invest. Yeah. yeah, I guess during COVID, because doctors, I mean, people weren't going to the doctor, doctors weren't treating patients, diseases weren't being discovered so your therapies weren't being described prescribed as quite as much so it must have been a it must have been a real serious matter for the company to cut costs and be as efficient as possible so i could see how all the data analytics adding to efficiency would be very critical at that point let's go into now and snowflake can you focus in on a couple of uses that you're putting the technology to describe the benefits for your team and also for the business? So as I mentioned, Steve, the, we, we use Snowflake as a data warehouse on the cloud. Um, in our big data platform, we have a set of data lake that are organized by business domain. And from those data lake, we are creating digital products. And the digital product are using Snowflake as a technology to combine different data sets and to use a business logic with data set to particularly respond to certain business problems. So if I look at a few examples, the first use case we did in Snowflake is to process incentive compensation and calculation for our fee. But we also use Snowflake for the next generation engagement or how do we engage with HCP and HCOs? And now we're starting to use Snowflakes for our clinical trial monitoring, our manufacturing footprint, our financial forecast. So at every point of time where we have a use case that needs a digital solution, we intend to use Snowflake to be able to aggregate and consume the data set into a very simple visual information. That's really interesting because when I think about the development of the modern corporation, one of the significant things was that the corporation divided into basically units, functional units or business units. And each of the, every one of them started operating a little bit in isolation. But by using the data lake, you're able to basically put a lot of data from a lot of different functions in one place. And they can start to have a broader view of what they do and how they interact with the company. So, yeah. You know, are you doing anything with Snowflake's data marketplace? So we actually don't use the marketplace as such. We actually are creating our own marketplace. So we, Snowflake is part of our ecosystem, but we have in our big data environment, we have different solutions and we also have different data sources. So we wanted to give access to our data no matter where they reside. And hence we've decided to create a custom marketplace. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting when I do think about it, I was talking to somebody about this yesterday. When you have, you know, a marketplace that's public 
and where a lot of companies and their suppliers and customers are there working together and sharing data. And then you have all these third-party data vendors in the same place. It's really not a data lake anymore. It's a data ocean. You really, you can envision a time in the future when large percentages of the data in the world is available with permission for people to share and to mix. Isn't that kind of a, am I wrong? Is that a big idea that could be powerful for business? This is an amazing idea. I think in the years to come, the data exchange between company will be essential. I think right now the people are still, or the companies are still trying to understand what's the value of the asset they have with the data. Mm -hmm. And in fact, actually, a lot of companies are reluctant to share an exchange. But I think there's much more value by exchanging data across industry or across part of the same industry to provide better value for the patient. So, you know, you've been doing this migration of your data to the cloud over the past couple of years. It's a big transformation. It's a big thing for an organization to do. I wanted to look at what the challenges are that you've faced as you've done this and how you've dealt with them and how you overcome them. Well, that, that's a, it's an excellent question, Steve. I, I think if I reflect on when we started the cloud journey in 2016, there was a lot of skepticism um, from the organization. First and foremost, I think there was a lot of skepticism because of the security threat. Mm. People felt if you bring your data to the cloud, you're not in control, and this is becoming insecure. Then the second challenge we found out is that it was an immature ecosystem. A lot of players, a lot of technologies change relatively rapidly, and we don't really know where to invest. The third is it's not a single technology set anymore. You have to integrate a set of components to be able to build a platform. And how do you do that in such a way that it is modular enough that you can exchange those components as the technology mature and develop? Then I think that the, the challenge became access to talent. You know, the cloud technology is only 10 years old and it takes probably 15 to 20 years for the world economy to create uh, the talent pool that is required to be able to work there. So how do we get access to new talent when they don't exist? And what do you do with your own workforce? And on top of all of this, the regulator decided to impose data residency law. So in the past, you used to build a platform and the platform, you can host everything. But now you have startup to federate that form according to regulators. These are some of the challenges we had. And I'm sure there will be more to come, but we've tried to take tackle those challenges as they came. Um, we work with tech partners like yours, like AWS or Microsoft. We work with our system integrators. We've created a training camp for our employees, and we have recruited an, a next-generation workforce from the universities in order that we have a new talent pool. Are the universities quickly responding to the changes in technology? I mean, like really getting data science programs, data engineering programs, kind of cloud infrastructure programs going, or are they lagging uh, behind the technology? I think if you, there's a lot of universities that have taken the cloud and, and the digital route already years ago. But every program, every university education program 
takes five to six years to develop and the technology mature relatively fast. So it's not so important about what which technology set they learn, but it's more important to learn about the how do you the skill set varies, but but uh, if you know how to operate in the cloud, if you know how to have you have a product mindset, if you are a software engineer, I think you can adapt um, uh, to newer technology. And that is actually what this university have done. They've created this curriculum for people and they really learn very fast. So it's almost like they're creating these, uh, you've heard of the idea of T-shaped people who have kind of, they're not just one thing. They're not just burrowing into one topic. They have a lot of flexibility in the way they think. And the they're almost interdisciplinary people in one, you know, that kind of thing. I see the future. What a fascinating modern age we live in. Is this what the future holds? Now I'm going to ask you to put on your visionary cap and look out five years or more. How do you see data affecting healthcare, business, and society? If I look at this pandemic we just have, I think we've done something extraordinary. Within 12 months, we were able to develop five or six vaccines. This is actually an unprecedented event where people rally their forces. And these vaccines are to get into such a short frame. It's actually a collaboration and exchange of information. So if I look at, if I now take this into our sector, I believe the insurers, the healthcare provider and the healthcare manufacturer will work together. And I think we discussed before, but there would be probably a lot of areas where we have exchange of data and information across the value chain that will help us to return more value to patients and shareholders. For your information, there's a lot more to ogres than people think. Really need to dig deep and get to know the real you. In the real, up close and personal. Um, so, look, at the end, we always try to ask a personal question that's a little softer. So, I wanted to ask you why, you know, you had many of choices that you could choose in terms of what career, what industry you'd get into. Why did you choose healthcare? So, Steve, I think the. You always try to join a company for a purpose. And in my life, my my grandfather died from prostate cancer when he was 72. In 2000, when my dad was 58, he got prostate cancer. And I just started my career at that time. And I said, look, if I can do something, to help, I will try to do so. And um, this is the reason why I joined the pharmaceutical industry. And I'm trying to use my knowledge and mindset and skills to be able to um, help to cure disease. That's a really good answer. And it's always amazing to me when I hear from people about their motivations for choosing a career or an industry. and. Very often, there is a particular reason, something that happened to them or something that they perceived. So that's a good one. So I want to thank you so much for talking to us today. I think we've covered a lot of territory. I think we've learned a lot about technology transformations, about an industry, and also about leadership. I thought, to me, one of the most interesting things you said was about the art of listening really to to listen deeply and with empathy and with the idea that maybe you won't even answer. You'll just say thank you. 
And I think that is a wonderful bit of wisdom that a lot of people in the world, in business, but just, but even just in our personal lives, could follow and we'd probably be happier as a result of it. So again, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. The Data Cloud World Tour is making 21 stops around the globe so you can learn about the latest innovations at Snowflake's Data Cloud at a venue near you. Join your fellow data leaders at one of our full-day events to network with Snowflake customers and technology partners, attend educational breakout sessions, and learn how to drive more value from your data. Find an event near you at www.snowflake.com data cloud world tour